I'm Jorge Salazar, reporting from the Texas Advanced Computing Center, part of the University of Texas at Austin. One of the largest conferences in 2014 for supercomputing is called SC14. It takes place in the city of New Orleans, November 16th through 21st. Scientists, engineers, educators, students, IT professionals, and industry gather at SC14 to share the latest in high-performance computing, networking, storage, and analysis. Two graduate students from UT Austin, Dahiria Malhotra and Amir Golami, are up for best student paper at SC14. They've co-authored the work with George Biros, a professor in mechanical engineering and computer science at UT Austin's Institute for Computational Engineering and Science. Dr. Biros is a two-time winner of the Gordon Bell Prize for Innovation in High-Performance Computing. In this podcast, he spoke more about the paper he and his students are presenting for SE14. Dr. Biros, thank you for speaking with us today. Thank you, Jorge. Now, the theme of the SE14 conference is HPC Matters, High-Performance Computing. Why does it matter to you? And also, could you tell us why it might matter to anyone else? So we're interested in problems that are not uh, tractable with uh, small-scale computing technologies. Um, We're interested in problems in geophysics, in healthcare, in medical imaging, in uh, data analysis, in computational science that require um, technologies that are provided by TAC, like uh, Stampede and Maverick and uh, basically high-performance computing. Because the turnaround times for using standard services are not good enough for us. So we're looking at problems with uh, billions of unknowns, trillions of unknowns in space and time, and uh, the amount of memory and computing power is only available at uh, national supercomputing facilities, one of which is, of course, uh, TAC. Dr. Biro, you're presenting some findings of research at the SC14 conference, and the um, title of the, of the research is A Volume Integral Equation Stoke Solver for problems with variable coefficients. Um, Would you tell us what are the main findings? What is this research all about? So um, basically we're modeling honey. (laughs) It's kind of honey flow. These are Stokes flows, basically like uh, fluid flows um, that are moving very slowly. And uh, of course it's something that you see when you are turning a jar of uh, honey upside down and very slowly flows out of the, of the, of the jar, but uh, it also appears in porous media flows, for example, in geophysical flows from um, uh, mantle convection to oil flow to blood flow in uh, capillary flows uh, in microcirculation. So it's a type of uh, fluid flow that appears in many, from, as I said, from geosciences to actual biological systems, bacteria, a small-scale uh, microfluidics, uh, nanofluidic devices, And uh, we try to basically numerically simulate uh, certain aspects of this flow, trying to understand it, quantitatively characterize it. And in the particular application, we are interested in these slow-moving fluids through microstructure. Imagine that you have uh, tried to push honey through a a jar full of uh, salt. So you have a jar full of salt and you're pushing honey and you try to make it go through that uh, basically a jar of salt. It's kind of weird why you want to do that, but that's how basically uh, geophysical subsurface flows are, like say, as I said, uh, geophysical flows, and also that's how um, sometimes blood flow or other complex fluid flows behave. So this is a basic science trying to understand 
create uh, simulation tools for these types of uh, flows. What's new about this research? So, in general, when we simulate physical systems, we want the computational power or the, the computational expansion to be basically scaling um, linearly. So if I solve a problem with a million unknowns, I would like to, let's say, it takes one hour. If I solve a problem that is a thousand times uh, bigger, a billion unknowns, I expect it to be, take a thousand hours. And of course, if I use a thousand processors, then it will take again one hour. Right, so one processor, one million unknowns, one billion unknowns, a thousand processors, again one hour. That's the goal. That's the goal of scalability. For Stokes problems, this is sometimes a challenge due to the mathematical nature of these equations. So we are proposing in this paper a method that allows this to do for these variable coefficient problems. And also it allows us to get, um, if we want, let's say, one or two digits of accuracy, if we want to simulate the system and we want to have some accurate results, because when we do numerical approximations, there is always some kind of error. You can think it as an experimental error, but it's basically something that to, to do with uh, the numerical approximation. We propose a scheme that really achieves a very good accuracy per computational, per flop. So in HPC, we measure, especially in scientific computing, you pay money, you know, someone, pay, you know, the taxes, the taxpayers, uh, the state, we pay money for the for the computational resources, and our goal is to, to achieve as you know as much science as we can per per flop or per, per dollar. And this algorithm, the, the, the class of algorithms we present in this paper, are toward this uh, this goal of really providing an efficient way to compute solutions to the Stokes equations. Tell us about some of these challenges that you come up with in tackling this problem, and the challenges computationally also. Um, associated with Stokes equations of flow? So <clears throat> why you need so many unknowns? Because we try to characterize, you know, kind of uh, describe uh, quite accurately, at least for a few uh, simulations or three, a few ex uh, expensive experiments, imagine that you're trying to resolve all the grains of the salt. In order to characterize this flow of honey through the salt, you have to basically describe every single grain of salt and the geometry and how these grains of salt are packed together. This is called, of course you don't do it kind of manually, it is called uh, the pore microstructure and typically experimentalists can, with x-ray or um, some kind of imaging, they can get some microstructure and then you have to resolve the flow through this microstructure. This generates the needs for a large number of unknowns, but then it creates a lot of mathematical cha challenges. For the audience, some of them might be more mathematically uh, inclined, these are indefinite uh, vector equations that have uh, that are different than standard elliptic uh, PDs. For more generic uh, audience, that means that uh, again, uh, achieving this good performance, science per per watt, it's it's challenging. Uh, it's hard for me to describe it without going into uh, obscure mathematical details. But that's what we we try to to resolve. Uh, with this application. Now there is another challenge of how you get, so how you get uh, good mathematical formulation, the other challenge is how you get the most flop from the machine, from the hardware. And the challenge there were to find the right algorithms and then deploy them efficiently, how you, how much we send to the, the FI architecture, how much we, we keep to the CPU, the communication in the, among the, because it's a tightly coupled communication among 60, basically, uh, 62k uh, cores to the maximum capacity of the machine, how we organize the computation to minimize communication, to overlap communication with computation, 
and to overall to achieve overall good efficiency. That was, you know, Derry and, uh, and Amir, the students worked together extremely ta talented and it took uh, a significant amount of work to achieve uh, this performance. And of course, we had a lot of help from tax staff in uh, helping us finding the right parameters for the communication, for the MPI, for all the technical challenges that we had to address. How did these resources at TAC, how did they um, help overcome some of these, um, these challenges of dealing with these tough problems? From uh, basic stuff in which guidance the best libraries to link to, the best uh, ways to compile and the best way to optimize the compilers, to actually uh, having people uh, sit with us, especially because Phi was uh, first deployed, we were one of the first users to, to use this technology. So we really had uh, hands-on teleconferences in which, uh, and you know, active advice in which people helped us with uh, organizing the data, the, the uh, metric sizes, metric sizes, technical details in which I actually it, it, we really need someone with the HPC expertise. Several people with MPI, with uh, some jobs, will not go through because we had some bugs in our codes and will allow us to rerun this uh, very effectively and very quickly and uh, give us access to dedicated uh, runs in the whole machine. That was, uh, you know, the accessibility to the resources and the very quick uh, turnaround time to all our requests uh, for help was essential in achieving these technological breakthroughs. Would you speak to that just a little bit in how you took advantage of these coprocessors to solve these tough problems? Yeah, so we had to basically reorganize our calculations to, of course, increase uh, what's called locality in this film. So, uh, in this uh, field, so basically avoid uh, uh, excessive data movement and try to every time we bring a piece of data uh, in the processor, try to do as many calculations as we can. And uh, this kind of technology, this idea translates to all architectures, to standard x86, to the Xeon Phi, and to, to the NVIDIA architectures. Of course, the details, the implementation differ, and uh, we had to basically customize our code to every uh, architecture, the vectorization, to use the new AVX vector units on the Phi that required uh, some basically new, new development. Um, some kernels sometimes they're quite small for the for the standard libraries because we use try to rewrite our code so we use DGEMs which is technical for, for the, your audience uh, uh, so we have good locality but sometimes the kernels are too small so we have to do it uh, kind of manually optimize them and deploy them on the on the different architectures so, so that's kind of um, time consuming and in order to get good performance it's not uh, obvious how to do it but the students uh, did it and uh, and it's uh, critical in getting good performance because if you don't do that then you leave uh, on the table 90 or you know even a higher percentage of the computing power depending on the machine and the architecture so it's critical if you want to good, get good performance to use the coprocessors I guess maybe one key theme of this research is scalability. Right. So because we have been working on this problem for many years, the, the scalability across uh, cores, it's been uh, pretty much well understood. So we knew, you know, we had existing code base. Uh, we have scaled in the past in Stampede. That was not a new code. The biggest challenge for us was try to get the single node performance right to make sure that we get the right, uh, the good performance on the Phi, we get the good performance on the GPU, that uh, I saw the mathematical 
formulation works well because we do certain approximations and figure out the correct way to deal with approximations and deal with the challenges. So that was the biggest challenge in the scalability because once you have, we knew that we can scale well on MPI. I mean, there are some minor glitches because also the system gets updated. We have to change something, but nothing really major. But once we have a good node performance, then you can expect, uh, for our case, we we didn't have any surprises on the, on the large score count. But we had a lot of uh, bumps on the road for getting good per node performance, you know, making sure what they have different kernels, which kernels to ship to the accelerators or the coprocessors, which uh, things to keep and how then the, the algorithmic solvers. We tried a few things for what's called preconditioners. Some things worked, some things didn't work. So that was the biggest hurdle, uh, technical hurdle in, in getting the overall good performance. How does what you do in this research, how does it relate to, um, to non-scientists Understanding Stokes' uh, flows, it's, you know, by itself it's kind of interesting mathematically, but uh, scientifically it will help us understand transport. It can help perhaps for um, smarter drug delivery in patients. It can help uh, understand thrombosis and uh, medical device design, uh, microfluidic devices, in which uh, a basic example is people that have diabetes when they measure their, their, uh, their sugar levels. Uh, that's kind of a, a very simple uh, device, but you can think some much more complex uh, devices. So it can have an uh, f- um, impact on that regard, but also, uh, as I said, geophysical flows, uh, secure, national security, uh, and, uh, have an effect on the economics. So these are long-term goals that are recognized by the firing agencies. And of course, these scientific you know, help us better understand the world around us. And uh, that's, of course, a very tiny tiny uh, contribution, but that's kind of uh, the bigger picture that uh, these equations play. Uh, Dr. Birios, uh, what's next for this research? We would like to, f- this is kind of research code, we try to scale it further, introduce different porous uh, structure, make it more robust in uh, higher contrast of materials, try to now do statistical analysis to characterize the transport in these uh, porous media flows introduce viscosity contrast uh, to have basically different types of fluids, different types of honey, let's say, going through. So there are a lot of, uh, of mathematical challenges before this is a tool that someone that is not expert on the numerics but is expert on application can use, but that's the ultimate goal to release a software. And we have released already individual asp- uh, pieces of this code, uh, the fast multiple codes, the, the volumes, we have released them. It's on open source, uh, available on GitHub or in a web page. But we want to work towards really putting like a, a more comprehensive framework that other researchers can use from an application point of view. You've been listening to George Biros of the Institute for Computational Engineering and Science at the University of Texas at Austin. For the Texas Advanced Computing Center, I'm Jorge Salazar.